What we often overlook is how something that's so day-to-day -to, -day to us as we're in the weeds, how important or relevant that can be to somebody outside of your little bubble. Welcome to the Open at Intel podcast. I'm Katherine Druckmann, an open source evangelist here at Intel. I talked to Lori LaRusso, an open source program manager who wears many hats as an active volunteer with several open source foundations, including the CNCF, CDF, and OpenSSF. Lori and I discussed adopting a marketing mindset, even as a developer, navigating open source communities, and generally making magic. Enjoy, and please join us again as we dig into more open source conversations. Find more from the open.intel team at open.intel.com and at open.intel on Twitter. Hey, I'm talking to Lori LaRusso today. Lori is an open source program manager at JFrog, and we actually know each other from working on the marketing committee at OpenSSF. So we have some things in common. We're open source enthusiasts, and uh, we're going to have some fun. So as I just mentioned, Lori, you and I are involved in marketing for open source community nonprofits, foundations. And, and we've been around a minute or two in the open source <laughs> world. So first, thank you for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. And I am really excited to share some insights from you with our audience about marketing, but for developers, because at the end of the day, we all have to have a little bit of a marketing mindset when you're talking about open source projects. And I think that's not necessarily something that people think about too frequently, but I think it's important. I think, you know, I'm going to tell a, a short story and that is, and our listeners probably know this a little bit about me, but I used to be an engineer. I have worn both technical and non-technical hats. Um, but in all of those, in all of those roles, there is an element of marketing. And, and I think that's important to keep in mind, especially when you, or maybe working on a public facing open source project out in the community. Maybe it's a fledgling project, a project in stand, sandbox stage. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's um, you know, something you're, you're really trying to build up support for. And in those cases, everybody becomes a marketer. So, so let, me, let me start by asking you a question. Why is it important for developers and maybe especially, as I mentioned, open source project contributors and maintainers to think about adopting that marketing mindset? Well, first I wanna say marketing is not a four letter word for developers, right? Like I think <laughs> yeah. it gets bad rap. Um, yeah, a lot of cynicism, yeah. Yeah, you know, people are like, oh, I don't wanna be marketed to, I don't want this. But at the end of the day, marketing is communication. And I think the best form of communication is to know your audience, figure out what they're looking for and how you solve that pain point. So I think everyone needs to adopt sort of a marketing mindset, whether it's you have a fledgling project or you're trying to sell your boss on letting you start an open source project mm -hmm. or start a project in general. Like You really need to know what the value proposition is and you need to know your audience that you're trying to target so that you can make them aware of why this is important. So first and foremost, Everybody, whether they like it or not, participate in marketing on some level every single day, like persuasive communication. You want to get something through. You want to get to the finish line. You got to help. You got to coach yourself through. You mm -hmm. got to get your people moving. So I think um, 
marketing is not sales. Marketing definitely helps sales, but everyone should have sort of a marketing mindset. If there's something that you're looking to do, if there's a goal you're looking to achieve, you need to know who, like I said, the people that you're trying to pitch to, but also who are your advocates? Who are the people that are going to help you get to the finish line? Right. Like, so if you can't effectively communicate what you're trying to do to your own community, to your own network, then you're really by yourself. And how is that going to get you from sandbox to moving forward or to project completion or to getting investors or getting contributors or getting more um, community activity to to getting placement somewhere, to getting a talk? So I think if everyone can sort of take the stigma that marketing is bad, like away from their brain, you know, like just wash it out and realize this is one of the tools in my tool set that I need to make sure I'm successful. Like, I appreciate that you are a, a former engineer. I am not. I am a marketing person. And I think the reason why that I've been successful specifically in this um, landscape is because people are afraid to do things they don't know how to do. Yes, they can write tons of code, but can they effectively tell people what that is? And my job with either OpenSSF, CDF, CNCF, all of the foundations out there, anywhere they'll let me have like a seat at the table and <laughs> yes. MIDI is to help, you know, like let's create some templates. Let's create some pathways forward that make it easier for you because this is what I do as my job and you have your job. So if you can communicate to me and I can help you effectively communicate to other people, then we're winning. And then we're all in this mindset of success and marketing is part of that. Well, first, let me just say that all of those organizations are very lucky to have you because you bring <laughs> you bring this really valuable perspective. And um, so could, tell, could you tell us a little bit about your involvement in things like the CDF and the CNCF? Sure. So um, the CD, so both the CDF and the CNCF are underneath the Linux Foundation. So the CNCF is a cloud native computing foundation. Yes, it's a mouthful, but it's pretty awesome. <laughs> and um, and their goal, they have over 170 projects right now, is to make um, just uh, cloud native technologies ubiquitous. They just want everyone to know the cloud is not a scary place to be. And here's all the benefits of using the cloud, whether it's a hybrid model on, on cloud, all the way. It's creating and supporting projects that make working in the cloud native space better, faster, easier, more productive for developers and companies alike. Um, the CDF was born out of CNCF. So the CDF stands for the Continuous Delivery Foundation. And this is all focused on continuous delivery, um, your pipelines and delivering fast and secure and creating reference architecture and different pathways for companies to move forward, you know, pipeline models. Um, how do you add security in to make sure that when you deploy, you're not deploying malicious software? How do you recall things? How do you fix things along the way? So CNCF is cloud native. CDF is specifically focused on continuous delivery. I was very happy and fortunate to be the chair of CDCon this year. And we were sort of talking about this um, during our keynote. And uh, Christian asked me how I got involved in open source. And I was like, oh, it's very simple. I was voluntold. I was voluntold. 
to go sit in on. He's like, you like marketing, right? Like, just go sit in on this marketing committee meeting with the CDF or the CNCF. Like, you're we're a part of these foundations. We don't know what our benefits are or how this is working. So just, you know, sit in on a meeting and see what you think. And I was like, yeah, I'll do cool. it. Yeah. And what I realized is the most amazing thing about being a marketing person that sits in a committee on a foundation is that in marketing it's cutthroat right? like mm. you're like somebody younger faster better there's twitter there's you know there's uh snapchat there's like oh i'm so old i'm aging myself you know like there's all these things instagram and stories and reels and tiktok so, <laughs> thank you TikTok. how did i forget tiktok and there's so there's all this competition but when you sit on a committee in a vendor neutral organization and everybody's goal is to make projects successful and we're all working together collaboratively sharing insider secrets oh my gosh i was like yes please like yeah. give me more like i like this it's is awesome environment. yeah i agree it's, it's amazing and then the more that i learned about what it's like to be an open source developer the more passionate I became to help because I'm like, wow, like you are all working towards the same sort of goal and objective in different ways, creating projects, creating the magic, right? Like just the like the spice to make people's lives better. Of course, I want to be a part of that. And of course, I want to lend whatever I can to you to make that happen for you, for your organization. You know, what are what are we looking at here? How can we make this work? Um, and how can I help you? How, what areas are you like vested in that you feel like you win at? Like, is documentation your thing? Awesome. Okay. So like, let's transition some of your documentation into shorter blog posts that will lead into the documentation. Why are we doing that? Because we're going to get those people that maybe don't know what you're doing, but you're going to tease out some stuff. So I think I just kind of went in circles, but basically um, I was voluntold and then I just got really excited to work with a bunch of professionals from all walks of life, from all different size companies, from all different types of projects that are just working collaboratively together to to see um, others succeed. It's a pretty positive place to be. So, you know, the more the merrier. Yeah, that's the great thing about the open source world. So I I've talked to so many people who are involved in the uh, CNCF recently, working in the cloud native space, projects like Kubernetes. Um, and I... <laughs> Every time. And so I, you know, I hope that people listening aren't sick of me harping on this, but I like to talk about how absolutely overwhelming the cloud native landscape is. I've talked to Kat Cosgrove recently. I just talked to Whitney Lee. Um, demystifying that is a challenge. Uh, I would, tell me what you think about that. So it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. I'm very fortunate that I'm going to be working with George Castro at the Linux Foundation. Love George. And See, he's amazing. Um, we just met the last few weeks. Um, and one of his jobs is literally to clean up. Um, for those of you who don't know, there's a cloud native uh, CNCF landscape where you mm -hmm. see all of these icons in all different boxes with all different things. And it's like, who's a vendor? Who's a project? What does this do? I don't know. It's crazy. So many options for every step of the way. So many options. An embarrassment of riches. <laughs> Yeah. So one of the things that we're doing is, first of all, he is working to, we'll say, clean up the landscape itself to try and like categorize things in a way that's more 
user friendly, specifically too, from like an outsider standpoint, like if you're a company that's trying to research, like, where should I go? Anybody that goes to her right now is going to be lost. Um, We've even started, which is really exciting, um, within the CNCF marketing uh, committee, uh, we created a subcommittee called the working, a projects working group. So helping projects market themselves. So I think the hard part is when the CNCF grew, it grew so large, so fast. People really jumped on cloud native and from the outside looking in there doesn't seem to be an easy path forward. There seems to be lots of different paths forward. So one of the things the CNCF is trying to do is to create these easy pathways to make sure companies can really kind of drill down into what they need and find what they need within the CNCF um, and their projects that they support. So is it overwhelming? Yes. Is there a mission to make cloud native ubiquitous? Yes. Is that a very strange and large mission statement? Yes. So I think the the one thing I can recommend is just know that it's going to take some time to make your way through the website to try to find what you need. But also know that there are so many communication channels out there for you to have uh, an advocate or an ally to mm-hmm. help you on your journey. So there's the CNCF um, Slack channel, there's mailing lists, there's listservs, you can join as a member, you can join as an individual, you can just join the Slack channel without having either one of those. Um, So because it's so large and because it's so crazy and because there's so many options, I would say the number one thing you can do is jump in that Slack channel and just ask a question. I love it. That's the first step. And and get over the imposter syndrome and the fear and the anxiety of getting out there in the open. I, you know, I just had this conversation actually, you know, relative, you know, related to open source. And that is there's, there, there are roles for everybody, right. That, you know, you're an engineer, you're a technical writer, you're a marketer, there are all these things. And, and half the battle is just, you know, when you first get started and want to participate is getting over the fear of like hitting that pull request button or, you know, sending that email or, or commenting in Slack or, you know, there's a little bit of a fear. Um, But yeah, just, you know, Got to You got to jump in. Everybody started somewhere. Everybody started somewhere. And just to like finish up with that point with jumping in and not being afraid in the imposter syndrome, I've never felt so welcomed as an outsider as I have in the open source community, mm-hmm. going I, to I a conference, the hallway tracks, um, going on the Slack channels, just posting things on Twitter and, you know, following people, commenting on people's like tweets and LinkedIn posts and things like that. It's just like, I mean, I'm all about the warm fuzzies. Like yeah. I just am. And I, I, this is funny. So my first talk that I gave, I was, I was practicing with my colleague and I had this line where I was challenging. I was like, I challenge you to do this. And my colleague looked at me and she's like, Lori, no, that's wrong. I was like, what? And this goes back to marketing and a marketing mindset. I'm like, and knowing your audience. I was like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm like, I'm challenging people to like get out there and to do this. Just all they got to do is like, you know, just join the Slack channel. It's like, it's a challenge. It's great. Now I <laughs> come from like uh, an athlete background, right? Like we were always challenged, you know, one more mile. Oh, yeah. uh, And she's like, Lori, this is open source. People want to be encouraged. They want to be collaborative. They will like, so change the like. She's like, I understand your meaning and what you want, 
but you need to change the way that you're saying it to not alienate an audience. And I was like, light bulb. It was the best feedback. And I mean, I've shared so many times with other people that are just trying to get their feet wet into open source as well. I'm like, like, we don't challenge, we encourage, we, we share, we, it's open. There is no need to feel like people are less than, you know, like I challenge you to stand up to the plate. No, no, no. Like, come here, come hang out with me. Like, come see what we have going on. Like, you'll enjoy this. You know, that's, it's a whole different ball of wax and it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I feel very fortunate. I've had also fantastic experiences with open source communities. I, I don't, and I don't take it for granted. I know that that's not always the case. And, and, and you know, some people can have a little bit uh, more difficult path, but, but I've, I've been very lucky. Um, I wanted to, before, <laughs> before I get back to, to some specific questions that I had in mind, I, I did want to pick out one thing that you said earlier, and that is the word magic. And and I think there's there's that, that really kind of fun sense when you get involved in, in certain projects. Um, there's a quote that people love. They probably over we probably overuse it as technologists, but but I love it anyway. And that is it's for, uh, Arthur Clarke. Um, Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And I love it because especially when we're talking about this marketing mindset, there is that kind of um, I don't know. It, it's there's capturing magic and there's a there are different i guess suppose le- levels of understanding what you're working with and i don't know i just le- I, I i love bringing up that word because there is a certain magic to all of it both the, the technological advancement both the, the excitement of pushing things forward and and i think also the magic of finding finding your culture Somebody once called me a culture junkie, and I thought that was hysterical because because I you know I have a, a weird story. I, I have a background in, in art history and studying culture, but I also like I played roller derby for a long time, and that's very culture based, right? And then open oh, source is such a it's it's a culture, it's 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 a lifestyle almost, right? And I think I think there's a little bit of magic there. Well, the magic comment, like I got goose. Because again, like I'm a marketer, so I see things when it's over, when it's done. And I had what I originally called the misfortune of sitting in on a project planning meeting at the beginning of an open source project. And it was eight hours long and there were people were trying to get to consensus and everybody had had an opinion and everybody had a voice. And I was like, oh my God, never invite me to one of these meetings ever again, like there was like, why I don't understand. And then they did, they came to a consensus and they moved the project forward. And all of a sudden they built something and there's something worked. And I was like, wait, is that magic? magic? Like you guys just sat there in a room and kind of really debated back and forth on the best path forward and had all this and and here I am as somebody that's like, I get things at the end. Like when this is done, signed, sealed, delivered, now get it out there. Let's figure this out. And yeah, I thought this is magic. Like that room translated into this thing that does this thing and it makes people's lives easier. And you're sitting there and you're coding and, you know, all these letters, quotes, you know, like parentheses, whatever equals magic. Magic. Yeah, I can't do that. I can't do that. But what I can do is I can help you sell your magic. And by selling your magic, I mean, just telling people about it. Right? Because what is the value of having magic? If nobody knows but you? Yeah. So yeah, 
marketing mindset. Let's do this. Yeah, it's funny. Even even back when I was an engineer, you know, I remember, you know, I worked on projects that were very much in my comfort zone. And then at one point I moved to a different project. It was the first, my first experience with Kubernetes as it, as it happens. And I remember, I remember somebody somebody congratulating my team on something cool that we had done. And I, I said, frankly, I'm just, I'm just excited that I get to touch the things that I used to consider internet magic. And I think, you know, I think all of us um, in this, is this open source world, I think it's important for us to step back sometimes and really appreciate that the things that we get to do. And I think, again, capturing that excitement is key to then relating as a developer to to your users, to your community, and I, I I think I think you know getting us back to the the, the marketing for developers conversation, I think that's that's so key. Um, I wanted to ask you another question, and that is, what do you think are some best practices for building awareness for for new projects? You know, we we talk about especially you know when you talk about foundation projects, you have you have this very distinct um, progression, and everything starts in a stand sandbox stage, and and, and ideally progresses to being something huge like Kubernetes, but, but of course not everything's going to get there. So, so what, what advice do you have for, for projects in, in an early stage? So I think what we often overlook is how something that's so day-to-day -to, -day to us as we're in the weeds, how important or relevant that can be to somebody outside of your little bubble. And I think one of the things that, you know, any project can do to is look at what your roadmap is find out like like when you know certain things are coming and just sort of have a spreadsheet going of tweets or linkedin posts or or updates that you just want to tell people about like hey we worked on this we did this pull request it was amazing right and then you're like is that really it yeah because people want to know what you're doing. Nobody is following the project as deeply as you are, right? You are in it. And perhaps somebody put an issue and you solve the issue and it's going gonna, it's gonna to fix so many other people's lives. Well, if you don't have their email list and can't shoot them an email, maybe you do, which is great. But also, like, where else are you? Like, are you, are you pushing this out in Slack channels? Are you pushing this out on Twitter? Are you blogging about it? Like, how are you letting other people know what your successes are? Or how are you letting other people know why things are taking a while? Like we have this bug, we can't, we are working on it. We are doing this. It all goes back to communication. So I think what any project can do is sort of look at your roadmap, come up with a spreadsheet of things you wanna share, things that you're working on, things that are forward looking, things that are forward facing. And then also look at what you've already done. Maybe I missed your version 1.1. Right. Like what did that have? What was that? Also think about the lowest common denominator. And I'm not. And when I say that, I mean, you as someone who has a project are looking to either get contributors, funders, um, more committers, more end users. You're looking to do all of these things. Right. So it's a bunch of different things. How can you discuss and describe what your project is at the lowest level? to bring everybody to the table. What is your problem and what does your project solve? So if you can effectively communicate that, you are well ahead of the game. And you can take that and use that as a framework to do to, like maybe you really like video, like so create a series, like 
here's a problem. This was stage one of us looking at this problem. This is stage two and this is stage three. And here we are with our project, which is now stage four. You know, so it's sort of like when you sit down and you and you and you work out what your next sprint is, make sure you have some marketing components in there so you can tell your communities and the communities you're looking to reach what you're doing and how you're getting there. And then you never know. Maybe you'll get more committers. Maybe you'll get more end users, you know, and it's sort of like using that as a as a trial and error. Like, oh, people really liked when we talked about this, like we got so many more likes on LinkedIn or you know, we noticed there was a surge in contributors. We noticed that our our page views from Google Analytics went up or like all of these things. We got five stars this day. Like those are guide marks to tell you what people are paying attention to and what they really like to see. So use that as your benchmark on how you can move things forward. I like that. that. Yeah, yeah, that's great advice. And and I, I like that you said, you know, when you're in the weeds, you, you kind of take for granted that or, or you may overlook the fact that nobody has the visibility that you have. So, you know, share, share it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so let's, let's think about maybe projects who have, who have started to get a little bit of contribution want to encourage more. What are some, some ways to start kind of fostering that community that you want to develop around your project? So I think, and, and you know, we're back to in-person conferences, which is great, but there's still tons of meetups and conferences happening online. But I would say, you know, come up with some conference talks, right? Some abstracts. Again, problem, solution. What is your problem? What is your solution, right? Just start throwing them out there. Just start submitting, right? Because it takes six months from when you submit your abstract to like when you actually find out if you're getting accepted to when the actual conference is and so many things might have happened in between. But don't take those for granted, right? Because you can always, as anybody that's ever presented at a conference, you know you're not <laughs> writing your presentation until two days before you have to present it. Okay? So <laughs> we don't, we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> things we don't say out loud. Um, so so <laughs> that's one thing. And then I also think what's really good is to find your advocates within your project. Find the people that are the rock stars, like who is working their tail off and how can we like find out where that person is? Where is their network? How can we collaborate with that person to attract more people like that? Like how like it's not so much like what you're looking for, but it's a type of person you want to bring in. Right. And what makes them excited? Right. What makes them so driven to contribute so much? Capture that. Uh, it's again, I think it's magic. <laughs> so you got to figure out what that what keeps that magic going, right? And I think it all comes again back down to communication. It's like open source, a lot of people are just doing it on their free time. Like they find something that's interesting. But if you're not communicating with your contributors or your maintainers, and if you're not like continuing just keeping the, the ebb and flow of communication open outside of just project details, then you're really missing out on other avenues of getting your project more love or bringing more people in or, again, finding out what's that what's that spark that lit the fire to get them involved with you in the first place. And like, let's not lose that magic. Let's take it and let's just make more of open communication, feedback loops. And if somebody all of a sudden drops off, you know, why? Ask them, find out what's going on. You know, at the end of the day, we all have our own lives. And, um, you know, if they're like, this has been really important to me, but my company shifted to another direction, 
oh, okay, cool. Thanks for letting us know. Let's, you know, maybe there's an avenue in the future we can try and bring you back in. Like that kind of stuff. There's so many projects out there. There's so many people working towards the greater good of clean, fast, reliable, like malware-free, you know, non-vulnerable software that the opportunities to work on things are endless. So if you've got a hardcore group, you really need to nurture them and have them help you bring more people in. Don't take them for granted because they could leave tomorrow. That's, that's kind of a great segue into my next question, actually. Again, kind of moving, moving, you know, along the the process of building a community. Again, once you, once you start getting contribution, that's exciting, right? That's, you tick that goal off. But in terms of staying on course and, and keeping that momentum going further, I think, I think there are growing pains, right? With communities. How do you think people can kind of stay on that course and avoid growing pains? I don't think you're ever going to avoid growing pains, but I think this is where your end users really can help you. And it goes back to that feedback loop, right? If your end users are like really happy with things that the way they are, but if this one little thing could be fixed, you know, think about what more we could bring in. So I think being able to have sort of like town halls, um, things like that, where it's just a meeting with end users where you just say, hey, we just want to talk about the project, where things are going and helping us get to the next level. And then having them give you the feedback where they're not having to do a pull request, not having to write an issue. They're just like communicating effectively with you. Then you can take that and use that to get to the next step or get over this current hurdle. Or maybe you didn't even know that it like maybe you felt like your project was stagnant, but you weren't sure why because you're not talking to your end users and you and maybe missed something. Maybe you have so many pull requests that you don't even know where to start. Um, I think, you know, I feel like I'm just like a parrot just saying the word communication over and over again. But to your point, the marketing mindset, it's it's all about that. Like when I used to teach public speaking, we had the three T's, right? So anytime you're going to give a, a speech, you have the three T's. Tell them, tell them what you're going to tell them. Uh, no, it's tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them, right? It's this <laughs> idea of right. Right. So that we, like everybody, again, lowest common denominator, you set the stage, you tell them what it is, and then you wrap up by telling them what you just told them. Um, and I think like that is a successful speech, but that's also a successful way to operate, you know, a project is like, this was a problem. Here's the solution. This is where we currently are with our solution. We'd like to move forward. Here's our current problem. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, like, let's all work together to find a solution, like all that kind of stuff. Who do you know in your network? How can we make this happen? And then hopefully you come to a conclusion, which is like, this was our original problem. We got to this point. Here's our new problem. We're trying to get to that point. We hope you can help us move it forward. And then let's bring on some more end users, some more testers, more all kinds of things. That's great. Um so as, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we've been around a minute or two. We've seen things and you've definitely seen things. Do you have any favorite project success stories? So, okay, there is one project right now at the CDF that I think is just completely sort of changing the way that, that, that the continuous delivery can like work. So it started with me not being able to say the word interoperability. <laughs> okay. So the project is CD events. 
And it focuses on interoperability. Like if this thing happens here, does it affect this? Does it affect this? Right? Like how everything kind of works together. And I understand. And like, I love everybody on that project. They have been so kind to me. Like when we talk about level setting, again, I couldn't say interoperability and they would coach me through it every time. Um, but uh, the the amount of impact that this project can have is huge when you think about deployment and pipelines, right? Like if something breaks, does it does it affect everything? Or it's, no, 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 it broke, but it's only affecting these two things. So like then your resources aren't getting allocated to things that they don't need. Um, every like certain things can move forward. You can have a remediation plan faster. Like you know how it's all working together. When you have a product, is created with a bunch of different tools, a bunch of different projects, a bunch of different software all jammed into one thing, you know, knowing how one works with the other is super important. Yeah. It's sort of like this idea of security that didn't mm. really exist before. And now everybody is like not just shifting left, they're like living on the left. And like, how is this slowing down processes? And like, when you look at um, frameworks and things like salsa, guac, like, you know, like, how, like, this is just a framework. We're not going to tell you what to do. We're just going to show you, like, where everything could possibly go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it's up to you to employ best practices to be, you know, aligned with, okay, I'm here. I want to get to here. How does that happen? You know, what do I need to do? So, um, so CD events super is super exciting. And I'm really looking forward to that. And when you think of something like, that's been very successful and very well adopted. I think salsa came out in 2021 mm-hmm. and now there's like salsa and guac and all these other things, you know, and you see the the standard salsa framework with all the little red triangles everywhere telling you where all your vulnerabilities can be. And um, then what does that spur? Magic, right? Cause now people are like, Oh, okay. Like we can solve like salsa level three because mm-hmm. we're going to create a tool that can do this one thing. That's going to get you where you need to be. And, and again, it's magic. Like, I don't, can't do that i appreciate (laughs) the people that can and um and i love it and so yeah uh anyways so city events it's all for all that kind of stuff that's great yeah it keeps keeps the world plugging along hopefully makes it the world a safer place good stuff um yeah so so similarly what do you have any like really cool strategy or outreach program stories like something where you saw a really fun and innovative approach so I would love to say yes, but when we talk about outreach strategy, I, um, I'm the outreach chair of the CEF. And one of the things we realized, and I don't know, it's like, um, was that our projects were all over the place and nobody knew what was happening. Mm. And this is by far not inventive. And I just asked like the executive director if we could have a feedback session. Can we just get everybody on the phone, on a Zoom, on a whatever, and just talk, just find out? And from that, we had projects talking to projects, projects that are actually working together and, you know, listening, figuring out like that they had similar pain points um, in the foundation. They had similar pain points with the same thing, like getting contributors, like, you know, COVID really knocked a hole in a lot of things moving forward. And so... It's not fantastical. It's not amazing, but it's the power of sometimes something so small is just having a feedback session that can 
really build, right? So now mm. some of the projects are incorporating city events into their projects. Now they're creating plugins. So now they're solving problems that weren't even, you know, like visible and that because they didn't realize there was something that was happening, right? So it was cool to see all of our projects adopt another project to move their projects in the forward direction. Um, so that to me was like, wow, this is the power of networking. This is the power of community. This is the power of open source. This is the power of just bringing people together in whatever formats and just telling them what's going on and hearing what they have going on. So I don't know if you want to go with this or not, but like, I don't have any fun. Like somebody wore a, a horse costume at a concert. <laughs> no, you like, know, hey. I... Was like giddy up. And, you know, before you know it, they had 87,000 activations. <laughs> happening. People were typing giddy up into their, you know, search browser. I feel like that maybe that worked in like 2007. I think I did see that one <laughs> South by Southwest or something. But uh... But no, a real answer is 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 pretty good stuff too. I, you know, this is the a real world answer. I, I'm pretty sure what I heard just then was communication and magic together. <laughs> Those are our themes here, right? Communication, magic. <laughs> I'm so I, you know, I'm I'm actually having, I'm having a lot of fun, and I could talk to you all day long, and I think we could continue to have fun. But I think I really just have one last question. What does it mean to you to be a good open source citizen? That's an awesome question to end with, because when we talk about like open source and, and imposter syndrome and getting your feet wet and the fact that I didn't know that like challenging people would just come off wrong, even though I was being very sincere in what I was trying to accomplish. And so I think being a good open source citizen is coming to the table as you are and not being afraid of things that you don't know and having an open mindset, not just a marketing mindset, but an open mindset to really listen to how others are trying to solve problems and figuring out if you can gel with that or not. Right. So like you don't have to work on an open source project, but I think you need to be able to decipher what they're trying to do and do you fit into that sort of framework. So I think just coming to the table as you are with an open mind, knowing what you kind of are interested in and in just being like just a good human, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you disagree with somebody, that's okay. But you don't like, I mean, you shouldn't have to read a code of conduct. You know, like if you disagree with somebody, it's okay. If you have a different way of doing things, that's okay. One plus one is two, right? But uh, four minus two is also two. Like sometimes there's different ways of getting to two and it's okay. So I think, again, just come to the table as you are with whatever skill set that you have. Look at projects and what they're doing. See if you can fill a need. See if you can mentor or be mentored ask for help don't be afraid and just know you don't have to know everything to be a good open source citizen you just need to know that you're going to be with a community of people that are trying to help things move forward and make magic, magic. in a way that everybody the entire tech community can benefit because that's the value of open source vendor neutral like, I love it I love it be a good person equals magic, I think, Some, somewhere in there. 
That's in there in the equation. Well, thank you so much, Lori. I've, I've had such a good time with this. If, if there is a takeaway, I hope people, people will get from this. It's magic. Back to the magic. I love it. I think so. And it's just marketing isn't bad. It's just a different form of communication that you may not be familiar with. So don't be afraid of it. Just go for it. Make the magic and then find people that can help you spread it. I love it. Perfect ending. Thank you so much. Until next Thank time. You. I look forward to talking to you again. Yes, please. <laughs>